minefields. Been a rough week. Not too rough. Been a week. Been a week. Not that we could handle freaking people coming at us, trying to tell us what to do, what to say. Not having that. I had to have a talk with my boss today, and he was like, uh, uh, they, they, they send us this uh, survey every quarter about, like, if they, because they got to fill in spots for, with established people to go to a, another department, and they're going to force you to go there. They give you your list of where you'd like to be forced to go to. And uh, I picked number one, like I have the past year. I would like to stay where I am. And uh, he's like, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? And he was like, because uh, I had to talk to HR because you've done that for the past three quarters. And uh, we got to talk about the business. You know, you're obviously established in what you're doing. And, you know, you might be better elsewhere and it's good for the company. And I told him, like, listen, man, I don't know how to tell you elsewhere, elsewhere, elsewhile, else how. This is the most I can care about the company. I don't want nothing else in my brain. I just got a freaking killer idea for two comic books, and that's all I want to work on. I want nothing to do with anything else. Like, I want to go to work, and I want to go by the numbers. I want nothing, gotcha. I want nothing to do, and uh, that's I had to have an argument today. Uh, but uh, how about you, man? Like, uh, it's been two weeks? Uh, a week and a half, yeah. No, it's been, uh, it's been good, man. Freaking... Uh... Had to get a lot of stuff off the uh, off the ground today. A lot of paperwork had to be filed, and we got a bunch of stuff that we had to move to the stock room that we have to keep for X amount of years, depending on what it is. Uh, a bunch of transaction journals and a bunch of uh, VARs, which is what people fill out when they get their shots their shots done. All right. So I had to get those hauled off. My boss has been off for a couple of days, so I had to get that stuff done in the interim and had to unfortunately do a write-up today. Had to get on one of my employees for not showing up on work on time several times. How dare they? So it's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. He took it, you know, he took it well, but, uh, you know, something that sadly had to be done and hopefully we'll help him take it more seriously going forward. Were you wearing that, amazing Jafar shirt underneath your uh, regular scrubs to empower you to roast somebody? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> nah, I did have it on under the schmuck. It's a good shirt. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, can't really complain, man. That's, you know, it's kind of the business of being the boss, so. Yeah. Not the boss yet, man. It's just one of those things where, um, like, the place I work now is, like, uh, I was describing it to my boss, and I was like, you know, this is the most I can care about this company at the moment. And um, old-school goth punk-wise, it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, this is the only company that pays my bills very well. Uh, all great, great benefits. That's not chafing my uh, freaking uh, punk rock sensibility of uh, not being a sellout. <laughs> I get to help a lot of people and uh, help my uh, fellow uh, brethren there. And um, it was a frank conversation, but even then, i am just got to focus on that Jafar shirt, man. That's awesome. Where'd you get that? 
Target, maybe? <laughs> Someone cool about that. Like, in all honesty, how we, uh... We went on a family vacation to Disney a few years back, probably three years ago, and I needed to dress for the occasion. So I went out and bought a plethora of Disney-themed shirts, and I wear them to this day because that's what I do. I remember I was on the phone with my homegirls uh, when I uh, bought you like a Christmas present, and I was like, I don't know why, but I think Tony's going to love this Mickey Mouse shirt. There's just something. I didn't end up wearing it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good Mickey Mouse shirt. It's one of those old school style, man. I, you you got a good style when it comes to pulling off a good shirt, man. Uh, I was telling you earlier that uh, a lot of people at work thought I was wearing a official business shirt, but it was just a progress shirt. <laughs> it's just a progress nice. shirt, man. And like I, I I rarely wear this shirt because it's one of my favorite shirts uh, ever, uh, and. Um, you know, for us and T's, you know, they pump out some good product when you, you know, pay the extra four bucks for the unisex and the, you know, the good print. But uh, I've had people say, is that a Hitler shirt or an SS shirt? Like, it's just an eagle in a circle. And it's progress UK wrestling. Like, can you not read? Uh, I've got a, I've got a freaking uh, Edgar Allan Poe old school, like, one of the first prints. I've got some old school Black Graphical shirt stuff, man. I don't wear too much because I, I fear that I'm going to look like one of those dudes that freaking um, is wearing affliction or tap. Oh, okay. And uh, so I wear the ones that don't have any, like, huge logos, but it's just a giant print of Edgar Poe in the front, man. Someone was like, is that a Hitler shirt? I'm like, I'm not wearing a Hitler shirt. Are you kidding me? What? This is my good Hitler shirt. This is my good Hitler shirt. <laughs> I was talking to my homegirl, uh, Erin, uh, back in Oklahoma the other day, and uh, she converted to Judaism, and uh, really interesting, because uh, I remember when we first met, she was Christian, and then she converted to being a Wiccan, and then she got really into Judaism, and uh, we're talking about the latest season of Hunters, where for some reason Al Pacino was in the second season, even though they killed him off at the end, but Udo, Udo Kier... Uh, if you remember, uh, he plays he plays Hitler in this old old Hitler, uh, but he's the dude that was uh, in um, Last Crusade. You know, like uh, the hot shake is giving Indy the kiss. Like this is how we say goodbye in Austria. I mean, this is how we say goodbye in Austria, Mister Jones. And you know, punches him in the face. Like that guy's played a Nazi in so many so many movies. And, like, then she starts sending me, like, his, like, glamour shots from the freaking 60s. The guy was hot. <laughs> Ridiculously hot. Like, 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 enough to piss off a Jew. <laughs> like, like, this guy has played a Nazi in, like, so many movies, and I am very upset about how hot this guy used to be. Uh, like... He was totally your type, is what you're saying. No, it was her type. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. he's a good looking guy back in the freaking like 50s and 60s, but freaking, uh, you know, head Nazi that we saw other than Hitler and in, in uh, freaking um, <laughs> Last Crusade. He, he played mm-hmm. one of the main Nazis in the. Um, did you ever. Uh, this was something kind of special. Uh, did you ever watch um, the Grindhouse films that came out? Not the. Not the actual Grindhouse films from the 70s and the 80s, but when uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez did uh, Death Proof and Planet Doom, 
Planet Terror. Wasn't it Planet Terror? It was Planet Terror, yeah. I didn't like that one very much. But, like, when they initially released it, you had to watch them back-to-back. It was, like, a a four-and-a-half-hour monstrosity. But in between them, they released these uh, fake trailers for fake movies. But two of them uh, were amazing. I don't remember the other ones. One of them was uh, Machete. Yeah. And the other one was... uh, He's the guy from Spy Kids. Of course, that's where he came out. Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you very much. That's he found out Uncle Machete, and then they asked him to do the fake trailer, and they they actually put placed all that footage into Machete, uh, even though the chicks he was making out with in the pool with their tops off were not Lindsay Lohan and the other chick, but they just put it in there anyway. Just screw it. Uh, but the mm-hmm. other one was Zombie Women of the Zombie No Werewolf Women of the SS. So it was all the people in all of the Rob Zombie movies, including uh, Udo Kier was not in any of those except unless I'm forgetting something. But Nick Cage played Fu Manchu randomly in it, and like full blown like Swatskas, like they were winning. <laughs> they went full board. They gotcha. Were, they were winning. Udo Kier was in that, but it was kind of funny. It was like. Just to, like like so, full blown Jew. Like I don't text her from like I text her all the time, but like from sundown on Friday until uh, um, sundown on Saturday, I don't I don't bother her because she yeah. she was you know observes all of it and uh, mm-hmm. she was not happy about how hot this guy that plays a Nazi so much. Well, whatever. He's played Hitler now in Hunters. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> if you gotta do something. You might as well go full bore, I guess. He's that full bore. Yeah, total full bore. We got a bet coming up. Another bet I'm probably gonna lose. <laughs> if you hear that correctly, minefielders, that is Mr. Tony Morales washing his hands because we have correctly already established the rules. That he knows he's going to win. Well, I mean, you know, you're a Green Arrow fan like myself, you know, that accuracy is 100%. Yes, sir. Now, why don't you go ahead and take a point on this one? Because, like, this one, I'm not happy about my picks, but I'm always up for a bet. I am, like, zero for eight. But you know what? I don't think it's actually eight. I think it's, like, four or five. Oh, no way. I've paid out a lot more money to you. <laughs> I've paid out a lot more money to you, man. Uh but now, now the thing that I like about this is that the the prizes on this one is if he gets what he wants if he wins, I feel like I'm winning because I know he needs this. And I don't feel like you need this, but I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I I need you to have that. I, I like I told you, like you need this to match. So take this is true. This is true. <laughs> All right. So here's 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 the bet. We're doing a we're doing a very rare WWE bet. Yeah. First time ever, I believe, in the history of minefields. The floor is lava. Historic. First time ever. First time ever. This is what this is what they do. First time ever for the minefields universe. Of we're gonna world. have a WWE bet <laughs> of the world. Sorry, I had to sneak Road Dog in there, man. Like those one, that, like that's the only reason I like Road Dog was when he does the of the world. Sorry. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right. 
So we're going to do a rare WWE bet. This Saturday night is the Royal Rumble. Now what we're going to do is we have three picks from the men's Rumble and three picks from the women's Rumble. But not only uh, – we're not trying to pick the winner. We are trying to pick the surprise entrance. One of the best things ever. And we're going to pick a seventh one that could be either from the men's or the women's. But we are going for a – the seventh pick will be a forbidden door pick in the event of a tie where if this person comes out, freaking uh, – basically it's almost – it's you know it's the tiebreaker. So freaking if this, if this person – I would say double points if your forbidden door pick wins okay. or comes out. Yeah, double points sounds good. So that way on the event of a tie, we'll have the tiebreaker. All righty. So uh, before we commence, um, if I win, I am going to get – because I, I was bestowed upon me graciously as a Christmas present, the 1989 Batman with, you know, from Michael I'll Keaton. You, I'll give you that one. So well, if I good. win, if I win, I will get the uh, – the matching grappling hook. Oh, it's gorgeous. So. The boss is going to sell it. The boss himself. We're, 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 I'm not going to give you the money. I'm going to swipe the card. But we're, if we go there and if the boss isn't there, we're coming back. <laughs> exactly. And if you win... They got the turtle blimp, man. Uh, I popped my turtle blimp like a week after getting it. <laughs> um, granted, that was like one of the best birthdays ever, but I popped my turtle blimp. I actually stepped on it. I still have all the fins for the back from the proportions on the box. It's the same. The only thing that's different, it doesn't have the right missiles that are dropping off. Uh, the missiles... Mm-hmm that originally dropped off it were the same orange ones that fell out of the door um, if you bought the party van. They've got different missiles. That's okay. I've got a bunch of them. Nice. Want that? I want that blimp, baby. Alrighty. All right. So uh, you want to go straight into the, the predictions? Yeah, let's, uh, let's just go back and forth. We'll start off with the men's rumble. So I'm gonna I'll go first. Uh, first off, I'm gonna go with an NXT pick. I am going with former North American champion Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, he's been hot on the scene lately, man. And uh, I don't blame you for saying that. He's actually in my list too. My list is actually okay. pretty short, but uh, he wasn't my first pick on that. But uh, that's that's definitely good. At least I feel like I'm okay. not, not going to immediately lose this and walk in to <laughs> a complete failure, which is still a lot of fun, guys, because granted, like, you, you understand how it works in minefields here. Like, it's give and take, but uh, the bets are always a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, Carmelo, yeah, cool. He was actually my third. Alrighty. Well, then I'll go again, then, since uh, we've already na- you named Carmelo Hayes as one of your picks. All right. Well, then, I am going to go with an NXT return for number two. I am going with uh, former Impact or T slash TNA world champion, 
I'm going with former leader of sanity. Oh, Eric nice. Young. Nice. That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't even land on that, man. Like, uh, I, I was going to go just the standard direction I always go in, despite the fact it always fails, because eventually it will, statistically. But I was, <laughs> I got to say, man, like after the Triple uh, X 30th anniversary, which I have not watched yet, but I'm going to say Ric Flair. <laughs> Something complete, oh. completely ridiculous. Like there is, there is no way this guy will be in a freaking oxygen tent bubble wheelchair still trying to throw some chingasos man like like, like it's it's like uh i'm surprised that there wasn't some crazy thing with him uh at old 30th anniversary and he weasels weasels his way into the freaking rumble um i don't know I, i i don't know why i landed on that i just i just expected him there and then like actually fighting because how many last matches is he gonna have not until he's he'll have he'll have all of them until he can make all until he, they and, stop paying for him until he's dead <laughs> I, don't, I don't even say until he stops paying for him it's just till he's gone yeah Alrighty. um my third pick this one is either gonna be if it if i'm right brilliant if I'm wrong, it's going to bite me in the butt. But I'm going with former multiple-time world champion, former TNA champion, multiple-time former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. You thought about this a lot. Actually, I really didn't. He just kind of <laughs> came to me. But he, this was the first guy that came to my mind. I'm going with the national treasure himself, Nick Aldis. Uh, that's a great pick. Especially because he's been in limbo for so long. Like, mm-hmm. like one of the things that really like chaps me about that is that he's a guy that shows his loyalty in every aspect whatsoever and has been screwed over in, for doing exactly that. And I would love to see all this show up like that. I mean, like, especially what, remember when he came out with Cody back in the day? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he held the belt like old school style. Like that 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 was yeah. that was something that really stood out to me. I don't know if anyone like really stood out like were caught that. Like he didn't have it over his shoulder, he wasn't wearing it over his waist. He had it folded in his hand, like cradling something, and he's got a lot uh, I, I I kinda hope you win on that one, because I would love to I would I would love to pay that sort of money, twenty-five bucks, uh if you were correct on that. Cause all this He's the bomb, man. Yeah. So who do you got for your third? Stone Cold. Oh. And not because I am not a visionary. Not because I'm not paying attention to wrestling. We do it every day. Um, him and Kevin. Huh? I mean, it's not completely out of their own possibility. Him and Kevin, and um, I just think that there's more to tell, especially because uh, did you ever listen to the original uh, interview that Stone Cold did with uh, Mr. Kevin Owens? Right, I want to say like not originally. Maybe a month after he made his uh, main roster debut. Mm-mm. 
there was a lot of things that stood out to me because Kevin Owens like uh, had some beef with me personally on Twitter actually because my ex girlfriend. We talked about that before. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But when Stone Cold called him, he's like, "I've been waiting. Uh, like, I've been waiting for this for a while. You're my hero." Um, and you hear dogs barking in like two rooms over. You, you know when you're on the phone. Like there's yep. noise going on in at least two rooms over. You can hear it even on the phone. And he's like, "Yeah, my dogs are in. I locked them up in the back room because they didn't want them to bother me. They've been back there for an hour and a half and waiting for a call." He wasn't complaining. He was just like he didn't. He wanted like supreme sound isolation, and um, you know they gave him the stun, which mm-hmm. kind of. Um, Really chafed me, man, that they gave him the stunner. But if anyone did get the stunner, it would be Kevin Owens. And I know that they've been talking to, to Stone Cold. But um, if they do a uh, some sort of, um, you know, pre-mania, yeah, I'm calling Stone Cold. Alrighty. All right, so let's move on to the Women's Rumble. Ooh, this was difficult for me, man. Oh yeah, no, nah. I definitely had to had to think about it a little bit. Um, so my first pick, again, an NXT pick. I am going with Zoe Starks, former NXT tag team champion. She is our women's hot tag right team now. champion. She's hot right now. She's one of the few people I've been watching like the random, like just their actual freaking like one match and not watching NXT as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I think she. I think she's gonna be making her. I don't know if it'll be a full blown debut, but it'll definitely be a uh, or not a main roster call up, but definitely a. I think she'll be debuting in the Rumble. My two picks are kind of bush league men. Like uh, we talked about, like things that were obvious right off the bat. Like obviously, Lita's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Lita's gonna be like number three, number two. Someone's gonna set up a ladder, and you know, just as homage, and then then she's gonna come out. And uh, but uh, my actual picks are uh, both Bellas, one and two. Okay. One and two, both Bellas. Um, haven't been doing a lot for a while. I'm not picking AJ Lee. Obviously, she's not a Bella, but I'm picking uh, two out of my three, both Bellas. It's been a while. Nah. It's been a while. Uh, Colin was there. His first Raw, uh, they both came out. He was in love. It was really kind of cute watching him just like, oh, what are they? <laughs> uh, but, um, it, it, you know, you, you've, you've ever been there with someone when they, they first really get Because he watched a few Raws with me. Uh, but when we went to Raw and the Bellas came out, like, it was one of those things like uh, I remember at the end of Kill Bill when he was like uh, I knew that Bill uh, was instinctively into Bonds because when this blonde came out on, on the movie he started instinctively obsessively sucking his thumb um, that was Colin seeing the Bellas <laughs> nice gotcha alright well I am going for my second pick I'm going to go with uh, former NXT superstar Former Ring of Honor Women's Champion, former Impact Champion, Women's Champion, Deanna Perrazzo. 
help me understand that. I was looking her up earlier. Um, how'd you land on that? I just think it'd be fun and different. I just kind of wanted to throw something out there that I'm not quite sure is uh is going to happen. This is your boomerang, but I think it'd be fun if it. I think it'd be fun if it did. Uh, she's also the um, best friend of Matt Cardona's wife, Chelsea Green, who is supposed to be coming back to uh, WWE. Right. And I felt like that one was too obvious of a choice. It wouldn't be fun. So I figured I'd throw out Deanna Perrazzo. Oh, that's a great choice, man. Nothing like taking a little bit of risk, man. Like, uh, eventually, all my ridiculous picks might pay off. But Deanna Perrazzo is definitely, absolutely, like, a possibility. That'd be fun. How did you land on her? I mean, like, like in terms of, like, uh, freaking, uh, like, I know you're old school Impact. Uh, by the way, all the old school, uh, a lot of the old school impacts just showed up on the uh, on their app in HD. By the way, if you didn't know that, um, but is she like one of your old school favorites, or are you just throwing you know tossing rocks? That's a little bit of like she, I don't really constitute her as old school, but like she definitely, I enjoy watching her work. I think she's. It was kind of a, a left field pitch, really. I don't necessarily think she's going to, but I think it'd be fun if she did. Let's do it, man. Like, like I like the, one of the best things I like about the bets is, is if one of us is right or wrong, or just right in general, it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, definitely. This bet is definitely worth the freaking eighty nine grappling hook. It's gorgeous. Just you gotta let me at least see it. No. All right. Who's your second pick? Uh, I already told you two. Uh, both Bellas. Um, the other one I had going through my list here. Um, I only I'm going with the ridiculous. I want rosemary. Okay. I want rosemary at all times. Gotcha. She's I don't really know if you can count. I, I don't really know if you can count the Bellas as two individual picks because you get one, you have to have the other. I would say that they're both coming out individually. One after if, if one shows up, though, the other one is going to show up. Not all the like time. That's, that's not always happened. Absolutely, it's not. literally always happened. Except no, for the first. Not. Except for the first. What name? One time, one Bella was on a show, and the other one wasn't, about, unless about, it was injured. I'm talking. Okay, okay, that's not fair. Um. I'm saying at least uh, I'm I'm picking both Bellas for one and two. Their entire their entire their entire appearance is based on the fact that they're twins. They're not actually twins. One's older. <laughs> um, no, they're twin. Like that's their whole gimmick. Their gimmick is, is they're twins. The they're, they're not actually twins. But they, but that's their gimmick. I like know. you can't be like. You can't be you can't be like oh Bree showed up Nikki didn't it's literally not going to happen. This is my if money. one shows up if one shows up another one show as another one is going to show up. This is my money. I pick one and two. You you get you got to have a third pick then that I, that, I, that one doesn't I, count. I do have a third pick. That's like that's like freaking one half of a tag team shows up and the other one's not going to show up. Well, we're not talking about the Dudley brothers, man. Like. 
<laughs> Funny enough, in one of the rumbles, freaking Bubba showed up and Devon didn't because Devon was already retired. Well, then why are you arguing with me? <laughs> As the Bellas aren't retired, they're just freaking not wrestling right now. And if one shows up, the other one is going to show up. That one. Okay, well, like, I'm, that, I'm that can't st- not happen. I'm still picking one and two. Bellas number three. I hope that there's some for my forbidden door pick. Actually, is Rosemary. Oh, your forbidden door is Rosemary, the final one. Yep, forbidden is Rosemary. So, what was your what was your third woman's then? You uh, get a three for each category, and then a forbidden door, which could be either or. Listen, listen, like I'm kind of ashamed. We're gonna okay, bring, they brought back Vince. Why not Sunny? <laughs> she needs the money. Yeah. Maybe you never know. Yeah, it's. it's I, I couldn't think of anything, and I just landed on that completely ridiculously. Just that's the best one I got. <laughs> gotcha. I don't know. Uh, Freaking. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I'm landing on Sunny because I'm probably gonna lose this bet anyway, but it's gonna be fun regardless. And one day, Alrighty. one day, I'm gonna clear the cards, and you're gonna be really sorry. <laughs> okay. All right, so my forbidden door. I'm going full-blown 10 to 1. It won't happen, but if it does happen, boom. Better better chances than Rosemary showing up. Uh, maybe. I would I would say roughly, but I'm not sure for the, exactly the opposite reasons. You're doing sexy star, aren't you? No, that'd be hilarious, so. <laughs> I'm going with former WWE champion. Former Ring of Honor champion. Former AEW champion. Oh, no, you're not. The best in the world, CM Punk. (laughs) All right. So AJ or CM Punk. All right, gotcha. AJ and... Well, he probably needs the money. Trust me, he trust me, he does not need the money. I bet I bet he got booked at AW and was like, oh buy a yacht. It's only one point three million dollars. I just got hired and then now I'm fired. <laughs> nah. The, the guy is smart enough to figure he's paid off his friends' houses, he's so rich. Because he's good with his money. Well he couldn't even pay freaking uh Colt Cabana's freaking seven eleven like beef jerky and his freaking sobe. Sounds like Colt Cabana's problem to me. Well, he promised him. But, yeah, those are our picks. We need so let's see what happens come off Saturday night. We need to do a gimmick where we've got the freaking, like, uh, Super Nintendo plugged in to the feed. When we can't agree, we're going to duke it out in Super Nintendo. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Street Fighter. Yeah, I Street Fighter 2. Do you ever see that video of those two Japanese guys that do the live-action Street Fighter? I don't think so. One of them plays uh, E. Honda, and the other one plays freaking uh, Ryu. It's it's great. Fight! Nice. Hadouken! Like, they do it real slow. Like, it's, it's wonderful. Like, <laughs> you really gotta check it out. Minefielders, nice. Look up live action Street Fighter. These guys are great. They do it at like fairs and stuff, and like 
Fight. They got the the voice down great, but no, these are these are fun picks, and uh, I think whoever wins, however ridiculous it is, uh, we all win. It's not like I'm not gonna open up a freaking blimp with like you in the room, man. It's gonna be like I've got the turtles. <laughs> yeah. You've got I've got the turtles. Uh, you've got like you. So if you win, you're you would have the. Uh, animated series uh, Grappling Hook. You would have mm-hmm. the '89 Batarang and the '89 Grappling Hook. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you. As well as the freaking The Scrimma sticks from the Arkham games. Yes. What color are they? Oh, they're gray. I thought they were red. Or am I thinking about mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum? I think you're thinking about freaking uh, no, I wasn't because Nightwing wasn't in Arkham at all, Asylum at all. He didn't show up till later on. That's a crime. But uh, Nightwing is the best. No, I was at a, I was at a, uh, it wasn't a house party, and my buddy uh, Tom came in from out of town, and uh, got invited to a party. But it wasn't really a party. It was him and his surrogate mom and dad. And just close personal friends, and uh, it was a full spread, freaking uh, like I, I thought I was getting invited to a freaking juggalo party, dude, because all his friends are juggalos. But it was at their gotcha. house in security, and uh, freaking uh, barbecue chicken. There was the best salad I've ever had in my life. There was like thirty different ingredients of different herbs and kale and spices. It really was, dude. It was, it was one of the best things. Like, like, I've never eaten a salad without dressing. It was that good. Um, and uh, played some games and uh, played some pool. Uh, but uh, Tom's buddy, uh, Daniel, um, he's wearing a homemade someone. Like, it, it didn't look bad, but it was definitely homemade because, it, like, I've never seen this before. But he had a Red Hood hoodie on. And I'm like, so you like Red Hood? He's like, I freaking love Red Hood. And I'm like, you've been reading Nightwing? No. What was the last one you read? 98? Do you want me to tell you what happened 100? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Haven't been the store yet. Uh, I had never met anyone that, like, because we're in a Nightwing. I mean, Red Hood's cool. But freaking, um, I never met anyone that into Red Hood. He knew. Yeah. He knew everything. He also did not know about the ten percent discount that Mister Ed over at Ed's Comics and Cards uh, uh, offers you if you're a subscriber. We're not even sponsored. It's actually higher if you freaking get uh, more titles you get. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, like uh, freaking the variant limited crazy hard to find last issue of uh uh something's killing the children was in my box at cover price Mm -hmm. and um so if you guys are here in the springs you know make sure you can talk to mr ed but he uh yeah it was uh i'm bringing it up because the dude didn't he was included in a nightwing he was so laser focused into uh Red Hood. 
And as the night progressed, we're playing some, uh, you played that game where it's like, uh, you log into this, like, uh, subscription service and you all pull your phone out and play a trivia game. Can't really, I can't really, I, I, my sister told me about it over Christmas and it was a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, made some cool friends there and, uh, can't remember why I even brought it up. Probably, I was thinking, I was thinking about how, uh, also today, um, talking to my homegirl at work, um, our boss's name is Dane, and, um, she's like, hey, I have a question about something, I'm like, just ask dad, and she's like, you mean Dane, and I was like, oh, thank God you're not turning around else, she's like, why, you uh, called, you call your boss dad, it was an accident, it was a one-off, <sighs> I, I was texting, You've got to learn to pay attention. No, I was... You call your boss daddy? No, just thank God Tony Morales is not you and our team because he would never leave it, let it down. So I was thinking about you how much... You call your boss daddy? I'm not Maddie. I accidentally called him dad instead of Dane. And now I'm immediately regretting informing you of this. Oh. <laughs> Minefielders, do yourselves a favor. Do not get in the same line of work as Joshua Michael. That's correct. Sounds like someone took a... Sounds like someone took a... Something. Big, sounds like someone took a big dookie and is looking back at it. I don't know what just happened. Un momento, por favor. Un momento, por favor. There was an emergency situation and... The realm of Morales Jr. Everything good? Everything's good to go. Cool. Crisis averted. Yeah, we got a great bet going on. Um, what's in the box? Uh, you want to go first? No. <laughs> Why? Last time you showed up a giant size. No, I didn't. It's been a minute. <laughs> This last time was uh, Secret Wars 8, first appearance of uh, the Black Symbiote. That's good. All right, fine. So I'm going to go into some uh, books I'm really proud of. Okay. And I I picked these specifically not because they're worth a lot of money. Okay. Each of these is worth around, um, depending on the condition, anywhere from 50 to 200. Usually meeting okay. around 120. We got issues number 121 through number 100, uh, 230 of Spawn. This is one of, this is in the low print era. Now, they're all variant cutters. Okay. The uh, very nice, wonderful people over at Muse, Mr. George and Ms. Amanda, know how much I love Spawn. And, um, so my 121 is in storage. I know I have it, but, um, each one is an homage cover. This one is, uh, obviously a homage of the, um, Return of Venom with Tremor and Spawn. Okay. 123 is Spawn of the Dead cover. Um, trying to reduce the glare. Uh, Walking Dead number one. Um, Dark Knight. Frank Miller. 
uh, Watchmen. There's two versions of this. I only have one. I don't have both. Uh, election 2012, Obama wins. And um, I guess, uh, who lost that night? Was it Hillary or is it the McCain? But I got the Obama one. I don't remember. Uh, this is a Hulk cover. Right. Clown. Nice, okay. 127 is a 300, 300 homage. No, uh, set that aside. That's actually kind of important. 128, Action Comics number one. Spawn. Nice, okay. Picking up a car. This is a Hulk cover for uh, number 129, number 130, or 230, sorry, uh, is uh, actually, uh, what is this? Um, Batman 220 or 4? Year 2. No, Batman 423. Yeah. So, uh, the one thing that bothers Which, me... Which, funny enough, was also drawn by McFarlane. Correct. Uh, the one thing that bothers me is that the cape, obviously, almost the cover. McFarlane's redoing a cover, but there's this little spot here that I feel is a missed opportunity. Because in the original, mess up, yeah. the, the original, they got the color wrong in that little spot. I was hoping that they would have done the same just as, like, an homage <laughs> to an error. You know? Yeah. Now... The other thing is, is that, okay, so we got 227. Try to get the glare off this for, from the, you can see it. Yep. And then we've got actual 300. Okay. The difference being is that the Spawn logo in the Spider-Man is not as big as in 227 as in 300, but the Spawn doing the uh, Spidey is in less detailed artwork than in 227. Also, the background is exactly the same. They just used some Photoshop to make it look not as detailed. Uh, obviously, the instead of 300 everywhere in the background, from 300, it's got 227 going on here. But the reason mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to focus on this is not because I have something and you don't. It is because I am very committed to the fact that as long as you pay attention and you let your comic dealer know what you want, they will hook you the F up. I did not ask for these variant covers. I thought that they were regular covers until we talked to Homie Ed over, what was that? Um, we got, um, made that special pit stop to get Nemesis. Oh, REC. Yeah, REC. He's like, no, those aren't the, the the main covers. Those are the second secondary ones in, in the low print area, and those ones are anywhere from what I said earlier. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a subscription. We don't have a subscription to that place. I do at Muse. You, nope. do, at, you do at Muse. George mm -hmm. and Amanda know exactly what I like. They, they pay attention. They know that I like variant spawn covers, especially homage ones or anything that has... A, an actual where McFarlane drew it. They did not charge me extra for these variant covers. Awesome. They hooked it up. Now, there's a lot of good mean potatoes that are going on in this particular story in Spawn. However, mm -hmm. because I was paying attention, you know, uh, there's been many times where I've eaten ramen or just, like, eggs for a week, 
because it was the cheapest thing I could afford, but I still got my books. And um, I brought those up because that is something that I accidentally found out are worth a lot of money. Yeah. Not because I want you to feel bad that you missed out. I want you to feel like you need to have an obligation to pay attention. It's not always the issue once. We talked about it a million times. I'm just trying to hammer it home again. It's not always the mm-hmm. issue once. It's not always 25, 75, 50, 100. It might happen starting with freaking 221, which is the uh, you know first page of Spider-Man. Amazing Fantasy. Spawn. Um, no. You might get lucky, but if you pay attention and you're devoted to your craft and you are loyal to your comic store, they will take care of you. I mentioned earlier, we got I got that uh, Something to Kill the Children one and went home the next day. I was like, hey, this one's already on eBay for 100 bucks." Were you surprised? Probably not. But if I told you, I don't that, know. But if I told you that Ed charged me cover price, you're probably absolutely not surprised that he would take care of us like that. Oh no, you'd be surprised. Like that's one of the big things, man. Like, uh, you know, kind of a topic I wanted to touch on anyway, and but hadn't Please. found a way to get there. Is uh, you know, building relationships in your comic community. You know, I've had. Uh, you know, people online, I talked about Alex Comic Hoarder a while ago. You know, he talks about, you know, let everybody know you're into comics because you never know when somebody, you know, might have something you're looking for, but you don't know because you've never brought it up. Um, I actually had a, uh, a conversation with a gentleman the other day that I do a bit of business with. Um, I, uh, my buddy Joe, who, you know, I've introduced you to and freaking, uh, Great guy, by the way. he, yeah, love the guy. Freaking gave me a deal you know, because he, he knew uh, I knew you and that we were there together, mm-hmm. which is rad. Yeah, and that's only developed by knowing your comic book guy. Exactly. You know he's a uh, he's looking for a few specific issues for me, but uh, we had randomly talked on Saturday, and I'd mentioned that I'm you know, working on my Iron Man run, and just kind of like you know just casually mentioned it i picked up a couple books from him and then he sends me a text message two days later and it's like hey if you're interested i just found a run of iron man that's like issues two through 25 gnarly and i was like yes i'm very interested i'm on my way you know having a we haven't worked out the specifics yet because he's gonna be out of town for a few weeks but uh he's got it healthy yeah, definitely. You know, he's like, I'll hold them for you, and we'll work out a deal. You know, just because I happen to mention casually and pick up like a few, I think I picked up like maybe five books in the one hundred range from him. And he was like, Hey, I've got the, like I said, issues two through twenty five. If you're interested, I'm like, how could I not be? <laughs> I love it, man. And it's not even that like you're putting that much money into it. Like, okay, so you might have been to his store four times in the space of a year, and you spent, like, let's say, pretend you, you spent $300 every time you went there. 
I don't think these gentlemen and gentlewomen, or whatever you want to call yourself, focus on that. They focus on the people that are continuously coming in. Please hold this for me. I will be back. Two, three, four weeks later, here's your money. Thank you. You took care of me, and I will always be back. And that's precisely why I focused uh, on on this spawn run. You remember how surprised I was? Like, uh, I have these, and they're worth like 150 bucks each or 120, and I paid cover price. And then we've got these nice, uh, wonderful comic book store owners and flea market, uh, you know, you know, small little area spaces that are taking care of us because mm-hmm. we, what, what, this is one thing that I noticed the last time we went out on the hunt. What do we do every time we meet someone we never met? Ask them their name, shake their hand. Thank you very much. We just gave you money. We don't care. It's nice to meet you. No, yeah. and introduce yourself, make connections, man. That's really, you know, because people give you, people will help you out because freaking, you know, they like you as a person. They want the repeat business. It's a very symbiotic relationship. It's a win-win. And people, you know, people, a lot of people in the comic industry are really good people. They just freaking, you know, it's, we've all kind of got a love for comic books and it's something that can unite us as a community, which is completely and utterly awesome. Yeah. There was a video of uh, uncle Todd talking about J Scott Campbell and I skipped through it. I wasn't watching it. Okay. We've talked about my uh, distaste for J. Scott Campbell. Not his art. But um, he chafed me. And that was a one-off. All he had to say was, Hey, man, the light's over there. I'm sorry you accidentally thought it was over here. That's all he had to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the treatment afterward, yeah, no, thank you. But we've yeah. got some wonderful people that take good care of us, Mr. Ed, um, uh, Mr. Joe, you said? Uh, Joe, yep. Yep. And, uh, of course, uh, George and Amanda over at freaking Muse Comics, even to a lesser extent, the nice Cajun gentleman over at Vans, uh, wonderful dudes over at uh, the other kiosk in uh, um, the flea market, and then I always yeah. hear his name. Mike, John. Is it... I won't say it's Ramon, but I don't think it's Ramon at RAC. Uh, yeah. I won't say something similar. It's and my apologies for not realizing off the top of my head. It's a sexy name. That's it's definitely up there with Ramon. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely up there with Yeah, Ramon. The, uh, the group over at uh, Escape Velocity is really a good oh, group. Oh, yeah, those All guys are C's. awesome. All C's. And uh, we went to a few other places, and, you know, we... We didn't buy like a million bucks at a couple of places, but we, you know, definitely took our time perused and said hello, asked everyone each other's names, and that was just, I don't know, uh, you want to call it just like wrestling, freaking, you know, politeness and making sure that you're not seeming like a jerk and saying hello, but it's definitely paid off. Yeah. No, it's definitely, uh, definitely benefited us, man. Freaking, you know, can't you know, got a shout out to Paul over at uh. Mile high. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's a great dude. Paul. Oh, Paul. Like, 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 he's given you some major hookups on a few different books. But, like, he gave me the opposite. He gave me a, like, I bought a Vampirella semi-used uh, short box. And that is where I keep all my original Amazing Spider-Man books. 
and nice. it's a, just a weird Vampirella box, but it means the world to me. And he's like, give it a good home. I will. Absolutely. Freaking, uh, the, can we remember the nice gentleman over at Kapow? Can we, Walter? Martin. Martin. Yep. Hooked me up with, uh, that free, uh, spawn box that I spent, like, you know, 35 over at Mile High. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we hooked him up when we went in for that one. That's for sure. But, like, yep. but uh. That's what I got for that, man. Uh, before we get into the books, man, uh, freaking... Anyway. Oh, I, gotta do, I gotta do mine still. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You have not one-upped me yet. No, no, no. But yeah, no, uh, you know, we were talking about the uh, the Black Symbiote last week. You know, freaking, we both got a first appearance of Venom, which is awesome. But uh, I was able to, going back to the uh, flea market this past weekend, you know, the uh, I was able to do pull off Secret Wars 8 last uh, week, the first appearance of the Black Symbiote. Yes, sir. I was also able to find one of the first appearances of the Black Symbiote in uh, Marvel Team-Up 141, Spider-Man and Daredevil. Oh, that's gnarly. That's, go- who- that's gorgeous. Yeah. How are they doing the... How are they doing the art on that? Like, one of the things that I find that was, like, very difficult when it came to those early, like, Symbiote books... Was doing mm-hmm. the uh, showing off muscles and uh, any sort of like you know human physiology because they weren't used to using blue on black. No, no, it's definitely a lot of negative space, man. Freaking, it doesn't. It seems like they colored in everything around it more than actually uh, just kind of really like really highlighted it. It's very black, and then everything around it is just so colorful. Yeah, the the, the reason I ask is because uh, I I was actually um, when I get bored at work when I'm on like long calls or something like that, I've got the uh, adult spawn um, coloring book. I mm-hmm. actually had to order an extra box of like sixteen different red crayons because of how much red I have to use. Um, but mm-hmm. the thing is, though, is that they fill in the black for you, the like the literal black. So if you look at that cover right now, if that was in mm-hmm. that that uh, coloring book, it would just be stark black. There'd be nothing to do with it. Um, but they, what they did was, is they accentuated since Spawn's been, you know, its inception, is they use uh, different shades of blue to accentuate like muscles or highlights. And they actually left those blank for you to fill in, but okay. if you're if they made a coloring book out of that thing, it would just be black. There'd be very little to fill in. It'd be like trying to draw a bunch of stormtroopers like standing next to Kylo Ren and like freaking Darth Vader. There's nothing to fill in. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. It's just kind of like it's just kind of black on black, but basically, there's not. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's outlined in blue, but not very much of it. That's a great find, man. Uh, is everyone uh, awake that you can't say the uh, cover price key, or are we going to talk about this off camera? Uh, this one wasn't too bad. It was a little, it was like 60. That's not bad. So substantially better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Freaking, I priced the uh, first Prince of Gunslinger earlier, and it was like anywhere from 500 to like. 4,000 depending on the grade. Oh, wow. Or if it was, and that was only like 20 issues before 
Al Simmons blew his head off in 185 and are running through mm-hmm. and can't remember exactly what enough way, but you know what I'm talking about. The freaking yeah, that's ridiculous. Like uh, I'm hoping that we're gonna get all C's and they don't know that there's one in the box. <laughs> it's still listed yeah, as like 20. Hoping for the best. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, no, that's good, man. My, uh, my goal is to try to find all the, you know, because there's kind of a, you know, what is the first appearance of, you know, other than Spider-Man, uh, Secret Wars 8. What is true? What is the what is the first first true continuity? So, like, I've got a couple. It's, it's this one, Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 252, and Spectacular Spider-Man 101. So those are the ones I'm looking for. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it looks like first appearance of Gunslinger Spawn is in issue one nineteen. One nineteen, and then there's another one in like one eighty something or one sixty something. Um, but uh, there's a lot for it, man. It's ridiculous because Gunslinger mm-hmm. is actually, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Gunslinger is actually more popular than the actual Spawn uh, title right now because they're developing him. He's not, like, they're doing, like, if I told you that Gunslinger's not riding a horse right now, you'd be like, what the heck? And, like, he's riding a motorcycle, and that seems ridiculous. But if you saw the transition from the horse to the motorcycle, it would, mm-hmm. make, it would make perfect sense. Like, like Toddfather's really knocking it out of the park, man. It's wonderful. How awesome. There's ridiculous leaps in certain things that if you missed everything in between, you'd be like, that's, that's stupid. What are you doing? Um, yeah. No, no. You, like, this is one of those books where everyone's, that's actually into it is paying attention and knows the importance of what's going on in, in terms of just spawn and also that Todd will throw you some loops and the next thing you know, I've doing a you know 15 minute bid on freaking why these books that i didn't even know were important i mean the, the meat and potatoes inside were great but like the price in no way justifies the insides awesome but that's just you know i was paying attention you know i was true blue to my comic shop and showed up when i could and they knew i would always pay up and there's been times where I've been like eight months behind because I was broke, but they still had my mm-hmm. books. Um, I don't know that that that's just kind of the point of it, and you never know. Just trust in what you love, and never thought I'd have X amount of books of Spawn that are worth that much money. Yeah. But a uh, good find on that one, man. That's awesome. Did you get it off eBay, did you say, or was it a? Uh, no, they got that one off the. Uh freaking at the flea market I think it's a John shop yeah we need to go there Again. we need to go this weekend because I want to hit up the video game place um, there's a Mega Man game I'm looking for and, um, I want to see if they still have that uh, Hush Batman set nice nice I got, I got a, we got our annual review and I got I'm getting an extra couple of bucks uh, a paycheck now that's awesome. Yep. So we're gonna factor in uh, every paycheck. 
Every paycheck, I always go to Torchies and treat myself and read some comics uh, over at the bar there. They're great folk there, and and I'm in Colorado. We're in Colorado, and it's not a you know, mom and pop shop. It's right by my work, and I like tacos and sit there and read some books. And but two McFarland, two McFarland figures a paycheck. That's that's the plan now. Because of that, doubling up. Doubling up. I did the math. I'll have everything I'm missing, including ones that are expensive, by the end of the year. How many is on your list currently? You really want to know? I'm kind of curious, in all honesty. Let's see if I don't need the don't need the names of them at the I, moment. I you know, that kind of time. I haven't logged in into. It's all fun in games. You see, like five of them are completely sold out, and you're like, "Oh, I need to get them now." No, almost the hidden. I, I'm on top of it. Um, there are I'll share my screen with you. Okay. It's all funny games you find out you owe Tonsil Todd more money than your car. <laughs> yeah. Well, my car is paid off. I'm going to say that there's some things that are sold out. Uh, you're seeing 17 on for DC and then 8 in the spawn list. So there's probably, I want to say, about 40. Jeez. 40. But uh, I've been on top of it since uh, I got my... Uh, my berry. I got my berry for cover price. And mm-hmm. that one is. We talked about that before, right? The Barry Allen, yeah. Yeah, my Barry Allen is like. Let's see, McFarlane. We're headed to eBay right now. EN or AN? Alan, uh, Ian, I believe. $89. Ooh. Is that what you paid for, or is that what no, I paid, they're charging I, currently? I paid, I paid 16 This is what they're selling it for. I have not seen a Barry Allen, like, legit, like, the, the, the this one, with all the lightning mm-hmm. and the, in a long time. There's a fat version that is the cartoon one. Let's see this okay. one. This one's not the same one. This is the newer version of Barry. It more cartoonish. Forty. These guys are selling it for eighty-nine too. Or as well. That's the cartoon one. Fifteen. Yep. Yeah, you're not finding Barry. The that one. So. The Bane one's pretty rare, too. And while we're talking, because I'm getting that freaking um, bonus coming up, I'm going to go ahead and splurge a little bit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, just uh, pay attention. And, I don't know, I, that was like my public service announcement. Just pay attention. You might get lucky. Uh, you and I are pretty much on top of most everything when it comes to 
comics, but it's nothing worse than being Johnny Come Lately on something, right? Just five minutes too late, yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, books, man. I, I only got three this week, man. I've been, like, uh, dealing with some stuff at home. Well, not really stuff at home. Just There's been a lot going on, but uh, I've got uh, probably the best thing going on. One of the best things going on right now in comics is One Bad Day, obviously. You got Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I actually have some gripes about that, despite the fact that it was awesome. I've got um, Immortal X-Men and um, Detective. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so what do you feel like starting off with tonight? Uh, I think it's better when I get really chapped and scuffed by a comic that you, you take point in it. So please do uh, One Bad Day. <laughs> All right, we got the uh, the long-awaited Catwoman book in the One Bad Day series. I believe this is book, basically book six of eight, I believe. Now, this one was supposed to be uh, actually last month's installment, but we got Bane right beforehand, so we actually got One Bad Day. We got two in a row in the following weeks, which is excellent. Now we just kind of start off with another day in the life of Selena. And, uh, you know, going through here, there's a, uh, she goes outside and there's people fighting with the, uh, you know, we got people protesting human rights and whatnot as she's walking by. And we go to a, uh, a story from her youth when she was a child and her mom had given up this brooch to a pawn shop owner for 200 bucks to pay rent. That was brutal. Yeah, it was definitely a, you know, kind of a real-life moment there, kind of. You know, and she thinks it's a, an original piece, and turns out it's not. So the, uh, the pawn shop owner, instead of offering her thousands of dollars, and she was hoping to offer her 200 bucks. And Selena is going into this uh, Gotham Museum to basically get this piece back because it turns out that it actually was real. At least we think at this point. And she's going to steal it back because it actually for the sentimental value or so we think. But she runs into this woman who uh, they have a little exchange and the woman talks about how um, the setting is unique to this piece. And they kind of end up, Selena ends up walking out of their encounter thinking that they're uh, very similar in their thought patterns. And, uh, they end up going into the auction because they're auctioning off these pieces. And turns out by the time it's all said and done, Selena has obviously stolen the brooch back. That was an interesting little caper there because one of the things that really bothered me, uh, and this is just some superficial BS, is that Selena, without her costume, looks just like Holly who I moved here with, 
we're no longer together, okay. obviously. Uh, but Selena and uh, freaking Catwoman looks just with my friend Christina. And not no BS, that's how hot Holly was. Like, in the hoodie, same hair. It's ridiculous. And uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, the, the way they're setting this up here... I've never seen an approach for Catwoman to be so soft at the beginning where she's just chilling, just chilling, just chilling. Walk past the protest. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get the, you know, the, the, you know, the, uh, the teaser, like what's going on here. I, I've read a lot of Batman comics, but I've never seen little Selena before or little Selena and watching mom give up the money and she's just calmly just, doing what she's got to do and then we get to the point where we see these you know like I was mentioning earlier uh, there's only so much I can care about the company I work for and this guy's Mm -hmm. having the same problem on the roof and it's it's developing a story we're talking and I'm getting somewhere with this uh, in order before we get to the roof with these nice gentlemen here we are on page Or at least on page 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or at least around 15 to 20. Or, uh, I want to say 15. <clears throat> Took a long time to develop that story. I was... Okay. I, don't, I don't know about you. Were, you. were you invested? Did you immediately get into this? And next thing you know, like... Uh, when you, when you're in the comic zone, when you're like truly in, in, engrossed by a book, uh, do you notice when you're this far into a book that this long, or are you just like, is it the writing so good that you're hoping it doesn't end, or it, you're just you're just there? <clears throat> you know, I really like if I get invested into a book, I just enjoy it. You know, I don't. You know, I just you know take it in for what it is. Right. But I was, I was, I definitely, I enjoyed the story. I thought it was fun to get a little bit of backstory on Selena. It was definitely nice to see her, you know, at least for that little bit, invested in what we thought was this uh, prized item. Right. You know, and then we move on, and she's freaking. Uh, she turns around, and she's gonna fence it. She's going to risk it. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy is just like, oh, this actually isn't worth much. It's a fake. But it's interesting to see, even when that happens, Selena freaks out. And that's, she tends to be a woman in control. Oh, that's a big And big, for her to freak, her, her to freak out like that. You know, kind of shows how much she actually cared about this because this is something she grew up with. And this is something, it was almost like she got some vindication out of it being a legit piece as opposed to a fake. Have you ever had... It was like she was was fighting for something. No, I agree. Have you ever had to pawn something that you you did not want to, but absolutely had to and even though they gave they lowballed you you still said yes 
Done it once nah. before. Done it once before, and it still, it still, it still kicks me in the in the gut, between the legs and the heart. I'll gotcha. Never, I'll never be able to get it back. But freaking um, watching her mom have to do it, and um, you know they offer what he he's like yeah it's a fake. Obviously, you can tell by the engraving and uh, freaking two hundred bucks ticket loot. Yeah. No, I can't say I've ever had like the like the one thing I got rid of that I was kind of like, oh, was a like a machete I gave up for like ten bucks. And it was just kind of a I used it for an old uh, gimmick in wrestling years ago. But uh, you know, it was what it was. All right. But yeah, no, nah, I can't uh, can't really say it was anything I've ever pawned that I was like, oh, I really, really, really want that back. It's happened, man. And it wasn't a priceless family heirloom, but it's definitely something I think about every now and then. But it, I, it, I was just, you know, trying to pay rent and something like that. But it was I didn't have kids. Mm-hmm. The only face I had to feed was mine. Living off a yeah. loser sandwich, bologna on hand, and fucking eggs, man. All right, man. That's gotcha. Two. That's two. But, yeah, that, that kind of hit me hard. And the way... Yeah. And the, the reason I pointed out the pages, we'll get to in a bit. Developing the story there. Like, we're... And then we've got poor Mr. Uh, freaking, you know, I don't make that much money. I didn't go to school gentleman on the on the you know top floor here i mean like where 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 were you when you're reading this i mean were you chilling on the ledge with him or are you just still a reader at the moment <coughs> yeah at the time i was just you know i was just reading and enjoying it like i wasn't really wholeheartedly invested until we really kind of dug deep into the brooch and is it real is it not real you know, and like, you know, we get to that point because we uh, we find out the woman that she talked to was uh, also fake. You know, she wasn't a part of the uh, the staff or anything like that or a passerby. Yeah, the way she like came in like, hey, aren't you appreciating this? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, now Selena sits and waits all day and she finally leaves and she's following her. And she's dressed completely different. Her hair's different. The way she walks is different. Like, this is, you know, as Selena herself says it, a master of her craft. You know, and as she's following her, we feel Batman shows up. And they have a a moment where Batman's trying to tell her, you know, hey, I need, you know, I'm so close to getting her in bigger trouble and, and, catching her for a bigger crime. I just need you to give me a day. And Selena can't. She won't. She can't. <laughs> that was her mama's that was her yeah. mama's favorite thing. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and freaking uh you know, there's some flirting going on because, you know, Selena's kind of the only real person Batman can really have his guard down for. Right. And, you know, they show that and they actually have a little bit of a, a tender moment there. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's a game they play amongst each other, and that's it. 
But uh, of course, Selena goes down there and meets with the woman, and they have a little uh, a tête-à-tête, and they end up actually leading into a fight. And Selena's surprised by how well the the woman who we come to know as the Forger is uh, holding her own against her. No questions asked. This old lady's beating her. Yeah, she ends up headbutting her and freaking, you know, she ends up walking away. And as she's walking away, she's like, you know, think of me as competition. And then she kind of, as she's kind of getting her wares back around her, Batman's there. And, you know, they kind of talk a little bit. They have another uh, tender moment. And Batman ends up, you know, walking away from her, leaving her to, leaving her to alone. What does he say? He says, uh, I want to say I told you so, but I'm thinking it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because, like I said, it's another side of Batman we very, very rarely see. It's something he only has with Selina. 100% only has with her. That's definitely something mm-hmm. he's like... Hey, you're about to go kill her. Yeah, don't do that. Probably a bad idea. She's probably super powered. He didn't really even say that. He kind of hinted at it. She's like, yeah. They make out. They go at it. We can be a pearl knight. Well, I wasn't following you, but I probably was. You know, do what you got to do. But if you don't mind, give me a couple days because we can bust some other people and really take mm-hmm. her down. And then Selena, of course, is like, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> waiting game is yeah. waiting game is not what she, her her forte. And he was there watching her just, you know, get her butt handed to her and freaking, you know, you could have chimed in a couple times. Yeah, I could have, but you know, didn't. Um, uh, there was a, a specific phrase he says to her, man. Like he was, he was really sweet with her, and despite the fact that that. that I don't know. Continue, because there's a couple holes here I want to go through before we get too far. Yeah. Well, then I know. We go up the uh, base of the next morning. She's, you know, walking around, and she's still in her Catwoman costume, her outfit. But she ends up putting on the brooch and uh, calling her sister, who she's, uh, you can tell, they're kind of a strained relationship. I had no idea she had a sister. I can't remember it either, but I'm sure it's come up over time. Probably. But yeah, they end up meeting for uh, they're gonna meet meet and uh, for coffee, I believe. And that's basically where it ends with her still in her Catwoman costume, walking through a crowd. Yeah, she like went through like a like lame hoodie on. She's still just in full Catwoman, just without the you know the goggles and the you know the the helmet. The mask. Yeah. Um, one, Bruce, wasn't Bruce at the auction? Wasn't that him? Didn't he, didn't she see him? And he, like, raised his glass to her? I swear to God that's what, what happened there. Um, which still confused me because, you know, obviously Brucey doesn't have the cash for that sort of thing no more. Um, the other thing is, how did he know about that it was her mama? Well, like I said, we don't know if that's on, actually her mom or not, but I, I, it's, I, I think this is something where he's been following her for a while, regardless. Yeah, but it's like, not. Yeah. he wasn't there at the pawn shop. Um, 
He was there at the auction. Uh, freaking like she never told him this. Uh, they would have been a bigger deal if he would have known beforehand. Like, how did he know that? You know, they they kept mentioning like you know a, uh, you know a down on her luck woman sold it for two hundred bucks and some rich guy just spotted it in a pawn shop. Um, the other thing is is that the tell on this one is that I believe the mom was talking about the engraving at the beginning. So if she was forging. This might have been her first one. And, and, you know, okay, I'll take 200 bucks because she probably knows, she knows it's a forging that she made herself. And then not to mention the fact that, you know, back to, Selena didn't share any of this information with anybody. I, I sincerely doubt Bruce went and, you know, like seduced the, the sister and got a random story about going to a pawn shop. Um, the reason I wanted to flip through how many pages were before we got to the point where things actually started to happen was because how quickly the story ended, uh, after her actually stealing the brooch. Yeah, the, the story about the brooch was important, but the other thing is, is that, you know, I, like I said earlier, like, this was a delayed book. I feel like they rushed this. There should have been more. I think that is 100% Selena Kyle's mom leaning to develop the story with the sister, the mom, we've got a new baddie, the forger, and the artwork is phenomenal, by the way, I forgot to mention that. Um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like they took their time, and then someone said, step on the gas and finish the story now. Or it's done. It could be. Um, yeah, I didn't pick up the Bruce Wayne thing, I just looked through and you're right on that. Um, it definitely could be Selena's mom. Um, I didn't pick up on that at the time, but I could see it. But they never said she I was think gone. one of the yeah. I think the one thing you can pick up was that uh, one thing that this added that none of the other stories so far have added. Please is that they have it. This is something. This is the start of something. That's one hundred percent. None. Of, all these other stories were all self-contained one shots. I kind of felt whereas Bainwood, this story but this is way you're correct you're you're 100 on this one yeah I mean this they added in the forger they added a new character you know they um they built on the relationship between at least Selena and her sister if not Selena and her mother because if that's not her mother that doesn't mean we're not going to see her mother at some point right. So uh, there's definitely that, you know. Plus we got a we got a rare interlude of Batman, kind of really being human, as opposed to being just the uh, protector of Gotham. Yeah, I interrupted you uh, earlier, and I apologize. And uh, please give us more on that because that that's one of the best things about this book. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know those three things alone kind of. You know, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was fun. It was, you know, it was kind of flirty without without taking away from Batman being Batman and or taking away from the story overall. And it's kind of a, it's super interesting, the thought process of the brooch itself, because when they're talking about how other people 
saying how much this brooch is worth, you know, regardless of whether it was real or fake, it's really a part of Catwoman's history. So like at the end of the issue with her putting it on instead of selling it and making that call to her sister, it kind of shows that she's kind of embracing and savoring uh, the relics of her youth. Correct. But there's the learning process. She did try to sell it. And she did mm-hmm. get lowballed, uh, but we also see Selena with a black eye here without complaining. Yeah. Um, the reason I think that you were one hundred percent correct that they're setting some up because I felt like they were kind of setting something up. Or let me rephrase that: I was really hopeful they were setting something up within uh, with the the Bane story uh, in One Bad Day. Um, this one I feel is one hundred percent setting up like. I don't. I can't think off the top of my head that Catwoman has any arch nemesises that are going to, like, really go after her, um, really develop her younger story. I remember seeing some early issues uh, episodes of Gotham where they tried to get into like the like, well, they made her an orphan, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't like any of that. Like, and I I didn't realize that what. I realize now is that what's lacking is a true definitive Catwoman story. Not just Batman Returns, not just deciding to be a thief. Um, The origin story I feel is in this one. Like she watched her mom get robbed by some jerk at a pawn shop that knew how to like may or may not have known that this was uh, you know, a priceless heirloom. But at the same time, establishing the story that the mom that sold it for you know the you know the measly twenty two you know two hundred dollars uh, mm-hmm. knew it was a forgery, kept the kept the real one, and that might be one of the mo- motivations to be the forger, especially with the uh, entire backstory of what this you know relic actually is. You know the French making uh, jewelry. Uh, in protest to Nazi occupation and then, you know, with the, you know, the caged bird and then uncaged birds afterwards. And then the mother having to sell that, never letting that go and becoming the forger. Like I said, we didn't, we don't know if she's dead alive and then establishing a little bit more of a backstory, you know, like, uh, you know, the B story let's, uh, mom might be the bad guy, that we've got a problem with that we don't understand yet. Uh, but Selena trying to, you know, her, her sister's working in a freaking grocery store, man. Not that there's any mm-hmm. shame working in a grocery store, but I would imagine that uh, she would be a little bit more, you know, scrappy than that uh, compared, you know, to, you know, that's your sister. Um, yeah. There's there's a lot going on here, and way to hit it on the nail on the head on that one, man. Like, cause I I couldn't figure out why I was so in the jazz about this book. I actually read this twice, cause I felt like there was something oh, nice. I was missing, but it was also something I feel like they hurriedly rushed, because you know, uh, honestly, um, when it comes down to artwork, it's easy to do like the. The artwork in the Bane book was kind of rough and tumble. It was gorgeous. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can make that sort of scrappy art. Not scrappy. Uh, like like watching Freak Cho draw. 
Like, you mm-hmm. go through this, I mean, like, uh, like the last page. I have very rarely seen, other than Frank Cho or, like, Greg Land, design or draw the human woman figure so perfectly. <coughs> every little thing, every nuance about a woman that's not, like, you know, like a, a like 1991 supermodel Cindy Crawford waif. She's got some meat on her, and she's moving. There's movement in... We're looking, at, artistically-wise, we're looking at her walking to the crowd. Everything's blended out, but everyone's features are so absolutely um, solidified. They all look different, but it's all the same style. But then we focus in on the middle where they're using more black and whites. Like we were talking earlier about Spawn, uh, you know, using blues for the highlights and the, the, the heavies on the old-school Secret Wars stuff. Look at look at the the nuances as her walking with the crowd. Like that is a woman. That's not a freaking anorexic loser, you know, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, loser is the wrong word. I apologize, but I imagine that the artwork on this took a lot more time than over stylizing something. Like it, it, you can pull up a uh, Junior Junior's um, freaking um, Instagram post and see him finish a uh, you know a page in you know slow-mo but pretty quick probably in many days got one whole page but yeah but this last page here like down to like what's in her hand uh the highlights um that's hard that is a lot of time a lot more than stylized this is focusing on realism and um i really appreciate that and that's why i'm saying that there was so much more meat and potatoes, all of a sudden, like, I feel like they just couldn't keep up, and then they rushed it just to get the book out, which I don't blame them for, because, you know, they were granted the ability to do a Catwoman book that might be definitive. That might be freaking definitive. Yeah. Um, that's what I got, man. I'm sorry. I got real on the jazz on that one. Oh, you're good, man. But, uh, we got... Cats. We got. I got one more book, and that's it. Um, I did read Detective. I don't know how much you want to get in that one, but say we do. Yeah, it was all right, man. Uh, the, the ending kind of. The ending was awesome, just because you get to see. Uh, we get some. Fi- we get to finally kind of get into. Uh, the freaking. Uh, uh, what was that book we were into? The freaking start miniseries, the Arkham books. Yeah. That was kind of cool. That was, that, so was definitely tempting. that was definitely tempting. That was definitely tempting. Yeah. It? Definitely interesting. Freaking, uh, well, it was, I, I can't remember what the freaking miniseries was called. Arkham City. Nice. Okay. When our, uh, our new heroine is, uh, the, the latest up and coming freaking, uh, politically charged, uh, therapist and, just uh, goes into the underground with the Ten-Eyed Man and a few other, uh, Solomon oh. Grundy, a few of their favorite, uh, not so yeah, bad she's following around but Yeah, no, because she ended up dying at the end of the, uh, at the end of it. And then freaking Ten-Eyed Man's still hanging out in her apartment. Her physical. And freaking, uh, He's never Two-Face wrong. ends up taking a beating and brutalized Batman to her. And the only person she he ends up seeing at the end of it is Ten Eyed Man. I like his new costume. Uh, 
Now it's definitely a vast improvement from what he uh, originally started out as. I, I like the ragtag, uh, what we're used to, but I, I I do like every now and then an overly stylized version like this. Uh, why not? Let's have some fun. Yeah. I mean, it's detective. Why not? You know, it. You know, we're making a feature film here, and you don't have to be. Uh, your actors don't have to be showing up wearing their own clothes or their own designs or bought their own gauze and fake eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, give them a little bit. It's detective. Why not? Yeah, you guys have fun with it. Uh, a little confusing about, like, the uh, dialogue between Two-Face and Harvey. I, I didn't feel like it was defined enough, despite the fact that, you know, obviously the dialogue was different colors. I didn't feel like it was uh, enough of an argument, especially it's Harvey, man. Like, like I, I felt like he gave in too easy on this just because he's seeing Brucey getting his oh, butt whole, kicked. Well, the whole thing with that was that uh, he'd gotten the uh, that uh, the Azure, the uh, thing that kind of took over control of you. Yeah, and that was the whole reason to, he allowed Two Face to get out to take over was because freaking he'd been basically poisoned, so he was in a weekend state of consciousness. I agree. So he needed to take over. But, like, this is, this is like, the idea, like, okay, so there's this thing called the Azure that'll, like, help take over your mind. Okay, that's fine. I can see uh, the regular Joe Blow getting, that's got maybe, a, I don't know, developing schizophrenic personality going on, or a few of them. It hasn't mm-hmm. really gone full blown. I can see the Azure really just messing with that guy, but not Harvey. Eh, that, that's how it's always been, though. Harvey's always been the uh, the weaker, more timid side, you know, outside of when he's you know lawyer Harvey. Yeah, but that's the whole thing because Batman's able to get around it because he gets it, but he's able to stand up. Yeah, but you're... and like that is a win. I agree, but you're a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. How many times do you see people that are cool with, like, you know, one milligram of something one month, and then in four years from now, 10 milligrams, like, ain't doing nothing for them? Uh, or. That happens quite a bit, yeah, but freaking, you know, this is this is a first time use. Okay, okay. So that would be, All that right. would be the initial, the initial uses. Definitely going to be more potent than if you've been using the same medication for a multitude of years and your body gets accustomed to it. Right. Or if you're overusing it, so you become it. You know, it happens quicker. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just, I'm just thinking more of dosage. If you're used to being like screwed with with your multiple personalities and you've had as many drugs as been pumped into Harvey, that this Azure might not be nothing. Or just be like a, a little bit more of a like, I mean, right now you you got to be careful if you're doing cocaine because your cocaine dealer might have bought it from some new guy f- from Mexico that has a little bit more fentanyl in it than than the last but dose did. Um, but I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I I just uh, I just had to question it. And uh, I didn't mean to poke. I wasn't trying to poke holes in anything you're saying. I was. Uh, that's not what I was doing at all. I was just talking about in, in general. Someone that's had his mind with was messed with so fast, especially like it's been like what three years, two and a half years since we've been dealing with like uh, 
Um, Z, um, what's the book? I'm forgetting the name. Um, oh, Free and Task Force Z. Yeah, we, we, we had a, 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 even before that, we've had a couple of years, I would say like a solid four years of Harvey being on the level. It's definitely, you know, Two-Face is one of those characters that definitely kind of goes, goes kind of on and off the rails. But like I said, with it being something brand new, it would definitely not necessarily have the same effect. Or if he is currently on medication, it might coincide with it and actually make it stronger. Right. Oh, man, I never thought of so that. There's, there's all kinds of stuff you could do that could happen in theory. Yeah, I never thought about it getting stronger. That's normally... Fun book, though. Yeah, no, it was a good book. I always love a good two-page story because I don't feel like he really gets the focus he deserves for being a, an A-tier Batman villain. 100% A-tier. Like, like, very rarely do you get, like, a, you know, other than Long Halloween, which is pretty much the, uh, Coup de the greatest two-page story. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't get, there's not too many stories where you're like, oh my God, it's an amazing Two Face story. You know, you get Joker ones every couple of years, but, you know, you don't get a, you don't get a great, an amazing Two Face story, but once a lifetime basically kind of feels like. You think it's one of those writer's room things? Like, let's do a Two Face story. No, it's been four years. Not yet. Like, all the people that are devoted, not yet. <laughs> we we're not we're not ready yet. We gotta really gotta focus in like like okay, let's do like, like we can at least do a new new Joker story, but also some books. But we ain't touching Harvey until we got the real deal, <laughs> like like to yeah, to nail it. Like uh, I mean like I mean like if you and I were writers in like I don't know two thousand two, WWE, mm-hmm. and we. I, I can imagine there's a couple people off the top of your head that you're going to be really, really careful with and people that you're going to throw around no matter what because they're going to make some money. But um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, uh, you know, Jericho's always, you know, good for an A story, but, like, there's certain dudes I would be like, no, we're not bringing him back for just a couple months here. Like, let's kind of put the brakes on that one. That that one's special. Yeah. <laughs> that one's special. Like, uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, you definitely get those guys. You definitely get those freaking ones that you're just like, oh. 100%, man. 100%. That's what I got on on that book, man. Um, Didn't mean to go off the rails on that one, but, like, these books, like, kind of, well, not kind of, but definitely got me in the jazz. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All I got left is uh, Mortal X-Men, man. Uh... That's what I got in the tank. What about yourself? Yeah, we can do a Mortal X-Men real quick, man. You know, they spent last issue killing off the uh, half the Quiet Council. <laughs> yeah. So Sinister's freaking on the run after killing six of the top mutants in freaking Krakoa. You know, including Hope Summers, which, you know, in theory would kill off their resurrection protocols, except for the fact that uh, Cinch is there and he's able to utilize uh, powers from people just via memory now. Right. You know, he's able to bring, they're able to bring back all the six mutants that were killed by Sinister. 
And then we basically spend the next year, the majority of the rest of the issue freaking chasing down Sinister. You know, they made a Sinister, of course, being Sinister's planned for this and is basically making a almost like kind of like Chimera mutants mixing mutants DNA together. It was so some, we had this like. It was some fun gore. Yeah. Well, we got this crazy blob that has a. It's Eye Boy and Cyclops is mixed together. So they're shooting optic blasts out of like about looks like 10 different heads at one time. But, you know, they kind of, you know, they keep going. Of course, they eventually catch Sinister and freaking, you know, they end up putting him in the pit. Real quick, too. <laughs> Real yeah. quick. Um, right in the hole. Before we get too fast, how how did the death of hope hit you from last issue? Yeah, like it, it was it it wasn't really surprising because that was kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. And like, kind of as soon as you freaking as soon as she joined the Quiet Council, I was like, oh, her days are numbered. And the thing about it is, is like. There was such an obvious, like, Cinch was such an obvious answer to fix the problem if she died that it was like, oh, you know, it's not, there wasn't really any danger in her being killed. Because there's so many, there's, like I said, there's Cinch, there's freaking Mimic. Like, I feel like if Cinch wasn't such a heavily pushed character in the Xbox right now. Obviously, fill in. Yeah, it, it was so obvious because he's a he's a you know he's basically an A tier mutant at this point. Well, Omega maybe, but not A tier in terms of like. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying like if you like if, if you're currently reading the X Men books and you would name ten X Men, he'd be in the top ten you'd pick. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that. That's a great point, especially if, if you're yeah. making people like uh, read the last two years. Um, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. I, I, I asked because the death of Hope, I felt came too easy. Um, it's definitely one of those things that I've been worried about for a really long time because they've conquered death and that there's going to be some things that are going to happen that meant a lot to us and then mm-hmm. they're going to repeat it. Like, I mean, like, Nightcrawler died to save her. I cried like a baby when that happened, dude. I had to put the book down and go outside and smoke a cigarette before I finished the freaking book when mm-hmm. he, he got that Nimrod punch through the chest, teleport from freaking Boston all the way to the freaking, you know, West Coast. Logan popping the claws, blood everywhere. Um, just to, and you remember, Logan was like, you better be worth it. And. No. Uh, that was such a huge emotional impact that any comic book writer wor- worth is, you know, anything is going to hope to be able to achieve that sort of emotional connection and uh, reaction in people. And then they kill her off so easy, like you said earlier. Like, freaking, that was the point of the issue. Kill Hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, that uh, I, I felt that it like, and you brought this up a couple of times. 
um, when something happens that discredits something that we really that really affected us in the past, and then they, they just yeah. repeat it. Uh, that bothered me. Yeah, it's just it's it's you know the whole resurrection protocols and all that really kind of it takes away some of the gravitas, you know. Right. But uh, you know, we had the we had a little bit of a surprise at the end of the issue, though, leading into sins of sinister. Oh yeah. You know, Professor X is kind of sitting by himself after it's all said and done, and he's talking about you know his perspective and why he does what he does. You know, he calls himself a martyr. You know, he's like, you know, people are suspicious of me, and he's like, they should be. I want them to be. Because he's like, it keeps him honest, basically. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you need to pay attention to what I can and cannot do. You better count yourself lucky that I don't erase all your people's minds right now and put what I want in immediately, and you'll never know. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You know, he can track any mutant. He can track any human. He can, if he wanted to right now, he could put a thought a thought into every mute human's head and have them kill it themselves. Right. You know, and that's a big deal. And he's like, you know, that's, you know, this keeps me honest. But, uh, you know, then at the end, he takes his helmet off. You know, and he's just like, you know, kind of smiling at himself. At, and we see that he's got the uh, the sinister diamond on his forehead. So we, uh, apparently he's currently possessed by sinister. Probably, obviously, you know, there's the, the definite, you know, tantamount, like, something to do with Sinister, the diamond in the middle. Uh, eyebrows are still the same. Um, we have had no hints of how Sinister has been any way to replicate a clone of Chuck, but we saw him, we saw this version of Chuck come out, and he didn't have the diamond in his head earlier. That's another thing that mm-hmm. pointed out earlier when he came out of the egg. We don't know how this happened. It might have been an infection, to you know, that he would have been implanted because he, he's... But he's controlling the database, right? Mm-hmm. He controls it all. And that's the thing, too, is, like, we don't know how many other people Sinister might have control over, especially telepaths. Because technically, if you think about it, telepaths could get in your head and freaking mess around with it and have you see what they want you to see. Of course. So he could have he could have had this whole thing and he's such a powerful telepath. He could have had this, you know, diamond on his head for years and nobody's known. No, he's he's had this on the note all the time. Like there's only a couple times I've seen it take it off. Uh as we wind down there's just a couple of things that stick out to me. As the Quiet Council is exiting uh, you know Sinister getting sucked into the abyss that they have as their own personal private mutant hell, uh, as their mm-hmm. or, or prison, is uh, as everyone's leaving, uh, Destiny goes to Mystique and says, "My love, we must leave immediately." Mm-hmm. That's that was that was a tell uh, to me. The other thing is the fact that how interesting is it in a book where we see Mister Sinister get taken down quite easily I mean like if you flip through this book you're gonna see a lot of splash uh, mini splash pages and there there's it, it, there's not a lot of like you know like nine panel book uh, pages here it's, it's mostly three panels to each uh, or four or five 
uh, depending on like how the action's going, divvying up how the story is developing. Um, Sinister gets taken down quickly. And what stands out to me is that we all know that Sinister is a hypocrite piece of crap. Mm-hmm. That's part of his who he is. But throughout the entire development of the book, as Sinister's been taken down very quickly, like I said earlier, and we, we're getting Prevy into the mind of old Chucky e. X there about how much of a hypocrite he is. He could have he could have saved all the Morlocks. He didn't. <laughs> yep, he chose not to. He chose not to. Uh, I know every mutant. I know every human. Um, I can save all the mutants, but I'm not. I have an agenda. He's been picking in... in at the beginning of the book, he's talking about why all these um, mutants that he picked for his Come to Me, My X-Men, why are, are important to him. I mean, he's talking about the most powerful all out of all of them. So there's mutants out there that he's hinting that he just doesn't give a crap about because they're not going to serve his agenda of uh, the dream, which dreams can die, but, you know, he's revealing himself and then we get to the point where the person talking to us is a possibly a sinister clone or some sort of a sinister controlled aspect of Chuck like I said that diamond was not on his forehead when he came out of, the, out of one of the gold balls and this is probably the most exciting book I've read in the X-Men in about a year uh, I've not been excited about the X-Men for uh, that amount of time and the way they're doing this now, yeah, sign me up. Like, like I'm back to uh, on full page. Let's read every book now because of this sort of book, and not just because I know the Sinister. What, what's it called, Sinister War? Uh, Sins of Sinister. Sins of Sinister coming up. Um, it's a very telling book, and like I said earlier when I was talking about trying to make my point, we, I, I do this all the time, and I'm going to do it for a long time. Um, just because this wasn't Immortal X-Men number one, a lot happened here. This is a this is an important book. This is a key book, I think. Yeah, no, it's a good book, man. It's one of the I think it's one of the best ongoing series in comics at the moment. You're not wrong. I think it's it's a lot of fun, freaking uh and you know, it's a lot of it's due to Sinister. He's definitely a, uh, you know, kind of up to stock, I feel like, since Hickman took over. He's not there no more. Yeah, but gotten, yeah. But yeah what you're saying. But they've run with it. Because we got really the, uh, you know, the Mutant Massacre is really kind of the first real big Sinister event. And then freaking, um,. I don't feel like, like he's always been kind of a, a second tier X-Men villain. He's always been under somebody else. So having him actually kind of take the stage and be the forefront guy in this series should be awesome. I just want more sinister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, man. Is he really kind of he kind of really took the reins in the Hellion series and really they haven't taken the gas, taken, you know, taken his foot off the gas since. Right. 
more power to him. Let's let's get into it. But this, if you guys are looking into uh, Sins of Sinister, you're gonna get the abridged version of uh, what's been going on and how it, the catalyst all right here. This, mm-hmm. I really think this should be the uh, first book on the uh, checklist if you're gonna get into Sins of Sinister because this is gnarly. This book is great. Even like, even like the, I, I'm not one for like constant battle without. Like mm-hmm. good, you know, story development. No, they, they did, they did this cherry. Even Sinister's freaking uh, diamond in the middle, like super plane that he's about to take off in, with, which was hilarious to me. He's about to take off in freaking uh, Hope and Exodus, or <laughs> just like, yeah, gotta take off, dude. Just, just, you know, they could have just paused time for a second and got a cappuccino and came right back, like. You're still taking off? <laughs> You're leaving in a regular ship, dude. We're, we got you. It's happening. Yeah. That's what yeah, I got no, man. It's been good. It's been a good scene. We're gonna looking forward to Sins of Sinister. It's going to be one of those things where I feel like he's going to get... going to pick up every episode issue and freaking hopefully it'll... You know, they've been doing good by him so far. Hopefully it'll continue. I agree, man. That's what I got for that book, man. That's all. I, I know uh, a lot of good books came out. Some Hossa Slaughter came out. Uh, a lot of good uh, runner-ups. Uh, House of Slaughter. Uh, Art Brute number two. I'm really happy. This terrible series that I've been complaining about since it started. Um, Hulk is about to restart. They just finished it with 11. I breezed through Punisher um, only because we're reading Daredevil and it was garbage. It was no, it was just turtles. I can't talk about yet until Armageddon War is over, which I want to say we're halfway through. Uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter number two, uh, well, volume two. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but you know I like that ridiculous sort of stuff and. Uh, just, uh, make sure you don't sleep on, uh, Book of Slaughter. Get, you know, the little skinny what's going on. I did really, I almost brought this one up tonight, was, uh, DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock vs. the Army of the Dead number 5, trying to kill Hitler, which is hilarious. And, um, that, well, the, the book's not hilarious, but I'm just talking about the, the concept, and... Mm-hmm. Well, those are my little runner-ups there, man. Alien, of course. Uh, we got the latest issue of Predator that came out last week. This is Alien 5 of 6. Uh, I believe this is the uh, third installment. Uh, is it third or second? Yeah, this is the third installment of 6. So this is the 18th or 17th version or issue of a uh, third series that Marvel started taking over after they got the imprint. And I'm hoping they get G.I. Joe back in because uh, freaking IDW just lost the imprint, but... Other than that, it's your turn. Yeah, no, man, uh, it's been a good issue. Uh, let's get this going right, man. This is uh, this is dangerous. This is my fields. This transmission is over. By the shirts, New Era, March 11th. <laughs> <laughs> 